Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to St. Matthew's Podcast. I'm Pastor Dave. I'm Pastor Kelly. And we're glad that you've joined us. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about baptism, following up on the, the sermon uh, from Sunday, where we're learning to tell our story. And baptism is, uh, believe it or not, it's part of your story, even if you don't uh, remember your baptism, you were baptized as an infant. It's still uh, an important part of who you are and where you mm. come from. Right on, right on. Ha ha ha, light. Light. <laughs> and we begin. <laughs> Awesome. So you preached Sunday this week. Yep. Uh, I was I was uh, hiding in the pews, <laughs> recording notes. I did make that joke to you this week, though. Like, I love how I'm on my phone, like taking notes, and it always looks like I'm playing on my phone. <laughs> I got to start sitting in the back uh, <laughs> so people can't can't see me. Um, but uh, yeah, I I loved your message Sunday. I talking about baptism. Um, is one of my favorite things to do, but also I loved kind of your, uh, you had some really good points on Sunday. So where do you want to start? Well, uh, well, let's start with the storytelling aspect. Uh, mm. This is a part of a series where I'm encouraging people to kind of figure out what their story is, learn to tell that story in kind of a winsome way. Um, not that we have to be theatrical about it, but we need to be able to, to say it and say it with confidence and mm -hmm. know that it's our story and it's, and most importantly, that it's our story with God. Right. Uh, and our story of faith and being able to tell that, um, you know, evangelism has become a, a bad word or it's something <laughs> that sometimes people are scared of sometimes because uh, it just has some bad connotations to it. But really evangelism is just getting to know people and being able to tell your story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you think, evangelism is knowing the answer to all of the questions or, uh, you know, being out on the street corner and yelling at people, you know, all of those kind of things. That's not really uh, how it how it is played out in Scripture, and it's really not effective uh, in telling people, in, in treating evangelism in, in, in that way. Uh, much more effective um, is, is simply, you know, telling people how God has impacted your life and, and telling your story about that. Baptism is where all that begins, so it's mm -hmm. a great place to start this series um, in talking about how we, uh, you know, what our baptism meant to us and, and you know, in kind of the uh, maybe personally and then in kind of the community of faith kind of context as well. Yeah, yeah, I... I uh... I love that you looked at me when you said like evangelism isn't a bad word, because uh, I'm like the resident millennial who's like, mm. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, like I I love that distinction you're making because I think um, you know words words have weight and words have power right and and words are always informed by our own pre context, mm -hmm. um, and so you know uh, as the resident millennial, uh, I'm like on the tail end of the evangelism is a bad word, right? Where, you know, nobody like that I know of is like interested in being preached at or like True. people like going, turn or burn or like, you need Jesus because you're a sinner. And I'm like, you are a waste of my time. Like, why do, why do I care? And so, you know, the thing you're talking about, I think is, um, you know, and, and to give, and I think to give it the appropriate room as well, where it's, um, you know, for me, the way that it's typically lived out is very relationally. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the relationships I have and then like not being, uh, I think at times too, like evangelism, we think it's more of like making somebody else convert. 
Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. making sure that's like we have that power. Right? Yeah. Right. Like, right. As opposed to like me talking about, um, what God is up to in my life and, and, mm-hmm. um, and not being, um, and being honest about that. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think when you, when you leverage that in your relationships and your friendships, like you're being true to who you are and, mm-hmm. and what you care about. But I think also there's this, you know, would be, I see a lot of things of like, don't be ashamed of the gospel. And I'm like, I, you know, like I, I, that's not, I'm not, not sharing that because I'm ashamed of the gospel. You know, I'm, I'm, you're, you're living in context. You're living in context. Right. My, my favorite, and this is not mine, but my favorite, um, uh, definition of evangelism is tell them you're a Christian and then don't be a jerk. (laughs) And I think that so encapsulates, you know, the teaching of, of Jesus that we're to be a light on the hill, but we're not supposed to be arrogant. <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, uh, well, and and I think to that point too, uh, you know, I don't want to chase this rabbit, but I'm gonna like quickly like just take a pop shot at it real quick. Uh-huh. Um, is you know, if I find myself where the people that are around me that know that I I am in relationship with God are very aware of the things that I'm not for, as opposed to the things I'm for, there's a problem, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I think evangelism gets this ugly connotation is because for me, my experience with that word and with the culture we're kind of talking about, it's very much that. Mm-hmm. It's it's God isn't for me, God is anti me. Mm-hmm. And God is anti-people, and God is anti-all of this stuff, as opposed to like, well, what is God actually for? And it's like, oh, the restoration of all things and love. And, and anyway, so let's move into baptism. So yes, what uh, what is baptism? All right. So um, we, we have a phrase for the sacraments in general, so baptism mm-hmm. and communion. We say that they are an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. So they are something that we do that indicates that something's going on inside of us, that God is at work within us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we baptize folks, um, not, you know, not to, to cleanse them, not to get rid of their sins. Jesus does that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about salvation. You know, baptism, you know, somebody who's baptized may or may not be saved. Mm-hmm. And somebody who is not baptized may or may not be saved. So mm-hmm. it is not a a, a a precursor or a sign of being saved. Mm-hmm. Um, rather, and then the scripture that we we um, used on Sunday is the baptism of Jesus. So he didn't have any sins to <laughs> <laughs> to be to be cleared of, and if, obviously right. <laughs> he's he's not worried about his his own salvation. So baptism is about something else. Mm-hmm. It's a sign that we are entering into the community of faith. We're saying mm-hmm. um, we're making a, having an outward sign that God has a claim on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as Methodists, we do that as infants, or we, you know, people who who uh, mm-hmm. get older can can make that proclamation for themselves. Right. But it's it's um, one of the things I tell. I'm sure people are tired of hearing me say this, but I love uh, the idea behind it that when I do a baptism. My hand gets wet, but it's God who's doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know, people think that you know, you know that that there's something special about me other than just being somebody, a person of faith, who's been given the responsibility of baptism. Right. But that it's God at work in that baptism. It's God at work at the table that we 
gather around during communion as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that is such an important point. Um, and it kind of gives me a little bit re- of relief because it clears me of, you know, am I doing it wrong? You know, I know, I know the rules around it and how I'm supposed to do it and what the uh, liturgy says, but, you know, I, I don't think that I can screw that up. Um, you know, somebody's not going to go down the wrong path because I, I did their baptism wrong or I, I stuttered during, <laughs> during saying the, the, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit or something <laughs> like that. That's not, you know, that's not going yeah. gonna to make a difference there. Um, of course, it's it's a it's a very holy moment. It's a very special time in people's mm-hmm. lives, um, I, but it is that outward sign of an inward faith. And when we baptize babies, we're we're making a claim that God is already at work in them. Mm-hmm. You know, grace uh, works within us whether we know it's there or not. So it's not about our knowledge of God's love, right? But when we baptize babies, the uh, uh, family and the whole church says we're taking on our upon ourselves a responsibility. Uh, to raise this child in the community of faith mm-hmm. and to do all in our power. And then, you know, there's a process that we call confirmation where kids learn about, um, you know, uh, uh, Christ and learn about scripture and learn about uh, a life of faith. And then they just make a decision. They can make a decision at that point, whether they want to make a public affirmation mm-hmm. or not. Um, but so they still have that chance uh, but it's not really tied to the the baptism so much. Now, somebody who comes of age who has not been baptized, that's the time to do it because they're right. they're making that claim themselves. Um, we make that distinction mm-hmm. with believers' baptism, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. where it's where a person has felt that nudge, mm-hmm. right, or that conviction, if you will, and then they want to act upon it, and then you just officiate the sacrament, right? Right. Well, and and there's scriptural roots to that. When somebody uh, enters the community of faith in the, any of the stories in Scripture, often um, the whole household that mm-hmm. they're a part of gets baptized as well, because mm-hmm. it's it's not about that individual so much, but it's about this this family, and maybe biological, maybe not, but this family uh, that is entering into the community of faith and entering into a life of faith, and they do right. that together. Yeah, I, I, so one of the things that, you know, another rabbit, um, uh, one of the reasons I was drawn to Methodism and, uh, you know, part of my call, right, to, to pastoral, uh, uh, office or whatever we Mm want to call it, right, Mm -hmm. is, is dealing with that conviction going, oh, I want to be a part of this is helping people understand that, you know, uh, so our sacraments, right, are um, uh, communion and baptism, but uh, you know, and then if you do weddings, we we don't consider those sacraments. But um, but for me, like when you do baptisms and weddings, there's this really cool thing about, hey, if you are here, you're a part of this, right? It's it's a communal affair, and and an, and an awesome responsibility to like love people well and and root for each other and before each other and, and, uh, support each other as we're navigating life. And so I love when I get to explain that about baptism to people on, um, because in a lot of, so growing up the way I did and my, my personal story, right? Like baptism, I don't think this is the fault of the people who baptized me or the people who tried to explain it to me as I got older. I don't necessarily think I, 
I had ears to hear that per se, or I don't mm-hmm. think I was really in communities of faith where like people really knew each other well, right? We we went to church kind of, but we weren't connected to the community, right? So my understanding of it was very much individualistic, mm-hmm. where I did this because I'm supposed to do this, um, not that I had a, a familial context and a support system um, that I'm accountable to, and and uh, uh, but also that's accountable to me, and uh, especially in a cultural context currently, where we are very individualistic and very separated, and just all this stuff. What a beautiful representation of how God is at work in our lives, mm-hmm. and what God's actual, I think, heart is for us in community, which is um, not dualism, right? Like you're one of us and you're not, but like. Um, we love you and we're a part of this with you. And like, we want to support you in mm-hmm. what ways we can. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool, uh, wonderful thing that we get to be a part of when, when we participate in people's baptisms. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so I mentioned that we're Methodists, uh, something that is important to me that, uh, because I've been what we call redunked. Uh, <laughs> um, so as Methodists, we do have a stance on baptism. Absolutely. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit sure. on that? Sure. We will only baptize, uh, we, we will not re-baptize somebody. So mm-hmm. if you've been baptized in the Catholic faith, if you've been baptized as a Baptist or any of the other, um, flavors of Christianity, <laughs> um, we know that God is at work through that baptism. And because we believe that God is is at work in that baptism, there's no need to rebaptize you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we rebaptize you, it's we're it's like we're saying, you know, something went wrong the first time. <laughs> it didn't stick <laughs> it, it the first time. It didn't stick. Um, but God did it, so of mm-hmm. course it was perfect. Right. So of course it is still active. That that work that was begun in you at that point, whether you were aware of it or not, is still at work within you drawing you to God. Mm-hmm. And so we won't rebaptize. And in a way, that also shows um, that we recognize these other traditions of faith and that mm-hmm. God is active and that those are, um, uh, you know, they're, they're worshiping the same God that we mm-hmm. are yep. uh, kind of kind of stance. And so we, we do take a pretty hard stance on that in that we won't rebaptize somebody because of all of those things that it implies yeah. uh, by doing that. Yeah, that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I became a Methodist, right, that was one of the most life-giving understandings for me personally, spiritually, mm-hmm. because it became a it wasn't about my performance or making sure that like it had gone the way it was supposed to. It was more about focusing on the grace of God and what God had committed to do and figuring out how to how to be aware of that and develop that perspective um, and submit to that as opposed to my own like human mm-hmm, effort. Mm-hmm. And there's a freedom there mm-hmm. that I just love. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, when, so the way that I think we're kind of talking about baptism, right. Is, is in the fact that we only do it once because we'll do rededications and stuff. Sure, and sure. Um, remember your baptism, remember your baptism. That's a powerful thing. To that's do. a powerful thing mm-hmm. too. And, and, mm-hmm. and again, I think that goes back in line with, there's a similarity to when you first get baptized with a rededication um, or remembering your baptism, right? Because it's it's about your outward expression of the work that God is mm-hmm. is um, 
but again, it it's not the it's not the uber spiritual thing where like it didn't God didn't do it the first time or it didn't it didn't connect or sync or or um because I think there's this really important thing about our relinquishing of control in that moment where there's this trust in God that God is trustworthy, that God is faithful, that God has said that God would do it and we are getting out of the way. That's like the really interesting thing. Like I haven't gotten to baptize anybody yet. As a Methodist pastor, um, I have dunked people as a volunteer worker. <laughs> but in that, but in that, um, and those are really powerful moments in my my own testimony too. Um, but that is something like that I think is so cool about like getting out of the way. You get like this front row seat to this really intimate part of somebody's life and an intimate part of a community's life that's really cool to be a part of. Like, it's really neat. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yay, this is why we do this. Yay. Uh, <laughs> um, and my son hasn't been baptized yet. Uh, and I think that's coming soon. I think he's Excellent. he's like... Uh, there. We, we did a... So the previous church I served at, um, we we did them in a, in a river, um, which I love because part of me likes to joke with people going, oh, you're serious. Cause it's cold <laughs> and I'm going to put you under. Uh, but, uh, um, when we bring the tank into the sanctuary, it's cold. It's into. cold. <laughs> uh, but you know, and, and, but, but he was asking the right questions about it and he wasn't, it was cool to watch him because he wasn't very motivated by the heightened emotions of the thing. Mm-hmm. Like we had good conversations around like why we do it and what it is. And, you know, giving him the permission of Kelly, when you're ready, like, let's start having conversations about that. And Mm so, um, that'll be a neat thing to be a part of if, if I get to do that or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. somebody else do it, but Mm -hmm. it's totally cool. (laughs) Um, so, uh, you have this book. Yes. Uh, because you are an adult. (laughs) <laughs> who's responsible and organized and <laughs> takes care of things. Hi, uh, I'm the, wait, I'm supposed to have a schedule and, and write things down. Um, so if you can't see it on here, it says pastoral record. Um, and you talked about this on Sunday yeah. and I loved kind of what you brought up. Mm-hmm, Can you mm-hmm. kind of walk us through that a little? So, um, uh, yeah, I was given this, this book when I graduated from seminary. Uh, as a as a graduation gift, and I thought I'd never heard of this before, but I thought it was a cool idea. But I've got this this book has got uh, is basically just a an empty uh, an empty book um, that has places for you to record all of your sermons that you've ever done as a pastor. Um, and I don't fill that part out. The, you know that comes around far too often uh, every week. Uh, but it also has a place to record the funerals that you've performed, the marriages, mm-hmm. and the baptisms that you have performed. And so I, I do fill those th- those uh, sections out. And so I do have the names of every person that I have baptized. And I've uh, to this point in my career, I've baptized 49 people. And it's really uh, cool to, to look back at these names and to know that in some way these people are part of my life and in some way I am part of, of their life mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so, uh, anyway, that's, that's, that's a cool thing, um, to see. I've, uh, I look back at the ages of the oldest person that I've baptized was 94. That's so cool. Uh, and then the youngest was, uh, well, I don't know if I have any that I've recorded as only weeks old, but certainly, uh, looks like three. Well, here's one that was, 
uh, one month old when I baptized uh, him. Uh, so from a month old to uh, 94 years That's old. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Look at you is... in the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> All over the place, right? I love it. Uh, but uh, And so... Uh, Anyway, as a pastor, that's that's something I get to to look back on and and be part of so many people's lives. But you know, you don't have to be a pastor to be mm-hmm. integral to somebody's life nope. and integral to somebody's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I hope that all of our listeners understand that. I mean, we're we're pastors, and so we have a little bit different view in the way you mm-hmm. know the church works and our responsibilities in it. But we're people of faith, just like the people who surround us mm-hmm. and we have impacts on other people's life, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I want, I want everybody to, to understand that too. This is not, um, something that is, you know, pastors aren't the only people who are blessed to be able to have impacts on others, on other lives. Yeah. So, so I want to make a distinction here. So again, like we, we have that lens, Right now, I would even say our lenses are a little bit different. As you're an, you're a designated elder in the Methodist Church, and I am a licensed local pastor, uh, and so even in there, there's some separations and differences mm-hmm. of of how the sacraments work and, and our empowerment in our communities as our official office. Right, mm-hmm. um, but I will say this: like, if someone came to the church and had been baptized by somebody in an alley, we would honor that. We wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't say like, well, you've never been baptized by a pastor. So like fill the tub. Uh, and so I, I, to make that clear, um, you know, we're not ranking it as importance or like that somebody specific has to do it. We're really saying like the act of baptism in and of itself um, is, is God at work. Mm-hmm. And it's your, your, per, your outward profession of that. But even mm-hmm. like, as a as a person of faith, as you navigate your responsibilities to the family of faith, you know, talking about your story and talking about your baptism and talking about, you know, how your life, what your life has meant to you after your baptism or before your baptism, like mm-hmm. these types of things are all mm-hmm. critically important, I think, in, in a couple different ways. One is that's your relationship with God. Like that's your testimony. That's your story. And, um, that's important. Mm-hmm. That has that has supreme value in it. <laughs> and then two, like um, that's that's your um, to empower you, right? Like um, it's it's like I say, it's important to you as a person because it's your story. But it's also that like um, that's your like it's so important that you do that because um, that's also how you function within the family and the community of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't rank these things in hierarchy because we're pastors where like, well, mine is more important and what I get to officiate be a part of is more important. That's not what we're saying at all. Um, so I, I, I like that you brought that up because it, that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I read the, the, the scriptural accounts of baptisms, Quite a few of those people that are doing those things are not ordained pastors. Mm-hmm. You know, John is not a guy who John the Baptist is not somebody I would let touch me. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't even imagine the smell of that dude. Um, you know, and I think of um, uh, the eunuch, mm-hmm. um, Philip, Philip the eunuch, no, and Philip's not the eunuch. No, I'm sorry, Philip <laughs> baptizes the eunuch. Yeah, yeah right. um, and and just like 
the eunuch's there and he's like, oh, this Jesus, like, I want to, and I was like, cool. <laughs> it just, it just, you know, I, I like to think he's on like a highway somewhere and he just like rolls over. It's like, hey, let's find the nerd's body of water and, uh-huh, and uh-huh. let's act upon that. Um, so that's, that's super cool too, but it's, it's not, there's not hierarchy here. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, you know, the, the only things that we believe make it a valid baptism are that water is used mm-hmm. um, and that it's done in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. So the Trinitarian, right. the fullness of God is mm-hmm. is pronounced to be at work. Right. Uh, and and that's that's good with <laughs> us. <laughs> and, and I would say, like, where there's a difference that I have theologically with Philip and the eunuch mm-hmm. is because... For me, there's this theological bend in me, or this personal spiritual belief in me that like community attachment to that moment is so important mm-hmm. that like that's one of the reasons I like like want to be a pastor and I want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. It's my own personal conviction. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to agree with that. It doesn't mean you have you have to agree with that. It's just because I want it to be a community affair. Well, and when we do baptisms, we won't do it into you know I won't do it individually. Right. You know, um, you know, it doesn't have to be in a in a worship service on Sunday morning, but there needs to be uh, your Sunday school class or your small mm-hmm. group or or a group that's that represents the community who is part of it. Because you're right, that's we are being baptized into a community of faith. Right. Well, and it's in. I mean, this isn't baptism per se, but it's like uh, for me, I'm not going to say all of them because I'd be misspeaking. But I think almost I'm pretty I'm pretty certain here. But even when Jesus heals people, right? Like it's the healing is is a restorative nature back into the yeah. community, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a public affair. Mm-hmm. And so baptism to me isn't spiritual. It's not healing, but it is an outward. It's an outward profession to be a part of a community. Going, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so. My favorite part of your sermon was where you talked about the echoes of the faith, uh-huh. where you talked about, um, you kind of went off on that, and so I'd love for you to share that. Okay. Well, when, uh, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll share that when I uh, I grew up in the church, and then as soon as I got out of high school, went to college, kind of got out on my own, I, I never went to church anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just lost that that practice completely. Um and then, uh, you know, even to the point when uh, I met my wife and we got married, we weren't, neither one of us was part of a church. So we went back to my childhood church, got married, um, still didn't kind of get connected um, to, to any church anywhere. Uh, our first child was born mm. and um, we said, well, we're supposed to have her baptized. <laughs> we still really weren't part of a church. Uh-huh. Uh, but we went back to, uh, again, back to, you know, my childhood church and had the pastor who was appointed there. His name was Robert. Uh, he was appointed there to uh, to baptize her. And so, okay, we had her baptized still. We we didn't join a church. You know, we kind of mm-hmm. would attend every once in a while, looking around. Nothing really, really grabbed our attention uh, and kept us. Uh, right. And then uh, we moved. We moved to the... Um, to the Cedar Park, uh, north of Austin, to that area, and uh, had a you know had our house and was just living our life there. Um, and then I heard from somebody uh, back home that the pastor who was there at that church had started a new church, did a church plant, 
Mm-hmm. And it was just a couple of blocks from our house. Um, so we started attending there. And that church is really where my faith began to blossom when it took shape, mm-hmm. uh, where it became real. Several years later, I was still in that church when I heard the call to ministry. Mm. So that that church meant a lot to me. And that pastor who planted it, Robert, was uh, still there when it was time to have our check, second child <laughs> so baptized. Cool. So he was able to baptize both of um, our children. Mm. So Fast forward from there, I go to, you know, hear the call later, go to seminary, um, go through uh, uh, the last church I was at uh, before St. Matthew's. I was looking through a photo album one of the members was showing me, and I see Robert's picture. <laughs> he he was brought up in that church. That's awesome. And so it's it's great to see. I think this is a great story to talk about the community of faith and how we uh, impact one another and how mm-hmm. we are connected to to one another in ways that we don't even realize. But you know, and I think it's right when we understand that we're that community is built around Christ and that Christ is working in our lives and and doing mm-hmm. all of this work. Um, and so it's not just about the pastor. It's not about those individual churches, but it's about the work that Christ is doing mm-hmm. uh, in us and and through those churches. Um, that kind of interweaves us in the, you know, in the tapestry uh, of faith. Yeah, absolutely. I um, so for me, like I, I, I love that because there's just this, there's all these moving parts that are seemingly unrelated and not connected, and yet mm-hmm. <laughs> here mm-hmm. we are. Yep. Uh, so you know, I was raised Catholic, and you know, I joke in the office all the time about how you know I was going to be a priest. And then I found out you couldn't get married. And I was like, but I like girls. And then it was like, I'm not going to be a priest no more. Um, But my spiritual, so I was baptized Catholic. Uh, My grandmother, old Italian Catholic, um, I still have, I think they're somewhere in my apartment where we live. Uh, My little booties. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have the gown, but I have, I have the shoes. Um, But uh, so I was baptized into a Catholic church in a Catholic community. And then, you know, growing up, like my spiritual formation was CCD. So like every Wednesday I had spiritual classes that so I went to. So what is CCD? I, I couldn't even tell you what the acronym means, I, but it's, it's essentially like spiritual formation. So when okay. you think about like, so we do in the Methodist church, Protestant church, right? Uh, we do confirmation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, Catholics do CCD into communion. And then after communion, you go into you know, you're, it's still CCD, I think, but it's, but then it's into confirmation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so it's the same spiritual formation stuff, but like my spiritual formation as, as a young person uh, in that experience is part of what led me to where I am now. And so even though I'm not Catholic anymore, or I don't identify as Catholic or Mm -hmm. participating in the Catholic church, Though all those people, Sister Imelda, Sister Imelda, um, who was this? When people think of like the scariest Catholic nun, that's Sister Imelda. Okay, she looked so scary, but she was this incredible person. Um, it's like uh, people who have actually like read up on Mother Teresa. You under you know that like Mother Teresa had this completely other side that was not like the public persona. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she would like literally grill you. But Sister Imelda was just this incredible person. Father Liam was 
one of my favorite pastoral people I've ever met. And then um, Father Jude was, uh, no offense, uh, but my favorite preacher ever. Mm -hmm. And so those three people, from the time I was like seven years old until I was fifth, like my senior year of high school, um, my curiosity for spiritual things, my kind of like working through my own personal convictions about those things and kind of what I felt like God was asking me to respond to, they started there. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, so I, I share this not because I'm a pastor now, um, but these people were just living out their faith. Mm -hmm. And they had all been baptized, mm -hmm. and they were just sharing their stories with me and like mm -hmm. their lives with me. And um, and so it's, it's as we live this out and we tell our stories uh, and we share kind of what God has done in our lives, you never know. Yep the impact it'll have. Um, and I can tell you that the, the people in my life who have lived their faith out and have, and have been blessings to me and have supported me and have encouraged me, I mean, I can think of all the names of them now even, mm -hmm. um, that have had supremely powerful impacts on me and my life, have also impacted my wife's, my wife's life, my son's life, and my daughter's life, mm -hmm. my dog's life, <laughs> like my yeah. friends. Sure. Because... As those things have impacted me positively, um, in turn, it has mm -hmm. it has it has um, exponentially been been put out there as mm -hmm. well. And so, bring it all the way back to what we're talking about with evangelism and, and living out your story and sharing your baptism story because that's mm -hmm. where you start. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you have a critical role that you live it out in the way that God has called you to. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a deacon. You don't have to be an elder. Um, elder, not deacon. Uh, uh, but in that, um, so many of these people in my life were not pastors. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have granted, I have benefited greatly, mm -hmm. uh, by the grace of God, um, and the work that God was up to in me mm -hmm. that other people recognized and then in turn, mm -hmm. um, continued on. Right. And, and you don't have to, I mean, if you, you don't have to rem remember physically remember being baptized. Maybe you were baptized. I didn't. That <laughs> was but, little. But when you realize that that's the entry into the community of faith, and mm -hmm. you can look at the community of faith and their their impact on you, it's all part of that baptism. It's mm -hmm. all part of that that experience that we then can bring and share with others, which is which is you know the evangelistic kind of kind of turn. Yeah. That that takes by not being. Um, um, scared of that story or, or being, uh, you know, uh, not wanting to tell it in one way or another, uh, but by, um, you know, recognizing this is part of who I am and God had a, had a role in that and the community had a role in that. Mm -hmm. And if we can get to where we can tell that story freely, um, in the right context. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, you know, I think that is, is sharing the good news, mm -hmm. um, which is what we're called to do. Yeah, I my my final point will be, um, you know, you don't share intimate details of other people's lives. Oh, that's no. not that's no. not what we mean. That's no. not what I mean by this. But what I, because of God's faithfulness, and other people's faithfulness, I am where I am now. Mm -hmm. Right, I am a combination of not just my own story, and mine and God's relationship, but I'm a combination of all of these other people who went before me mm -hmm. and the echoes of the faith and their faithfulness and how that's, you know, transcended since 
before Jesus was on the planet. Yeah. I mean, our yeah. our our faith story as believers as Christians um, goes so far back to the beginning of time itself, mm-hmm. right? And it's I love that. I yeah. think it's a super well, neat thing. I mean, if you look at scripture, it is the story of people's faith. It's how they lived uh, within the community. It's you know, some some books record their uh, when they bumped into Jesus and the, the effect Jesus had on them. But sometimes it's just how the community had an impact on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, you know, so much of Scripture is just telling the story of people's faith mm-hmm. and, and their life, um, you know, and God's love. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. You want to press out? All right, let's pray. Oh, great and gracious God, Lord, we thank you for our baptisms, for the community of faith that we are blessed with. Lord, and help us to take our place. Uh, within that community, and help us to be faithful to you by telling our stories um, about how you have made an impact in our lives. Mm. Lord, uh, uh, give us the strength and give us the words. Uh, help us, O oh Lord, as we tell that story to, to, to the people that surround us so that they might know that you are at work in us. O oh Lord, these things we pray today in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And we'll catch you on the next one.